Hi everyone and welcome back to the latest in the series Behind the Business East Clare Entrepreneurs for Scarif Bay Community Radio. My name's Fiona Levy and I'm joined by Sean Torpy from Six Mile Bridge and he's a dynamic professional in the sports industry and I'm sure most of you have already heard of Sean Torpy and Torpy Hurleys. So he's the Managing Director of Torpy and he holds a degree in sports technology from Lockborough University in the UK and this actually showed case your commitment to the intersection of sports technology Sean I'm presuming. Y- yes yeah. uh, good morning yeah I, uh, I, I spent um, probably about three years in, in uh, the UK in, in Loughborough there's actually a townland in O'Callaghan's Mills called uh, Loughborough spelt the same way as okay. well so that was quite interesting um, when I went and, and discovered that over in the UK but uh, yeah three years of uh, study sports technology sports engineering of sport of top end sports equipment is what i, I did there uh, it's yeah. 10 years ago now great and so uh you've had past experiences with adidas and puma mm. and uh did that bring out your passion for sustainable product creations <clears throat> and yeah I, uh, I i suppose yeah i was very lucky to get um uh, to get a role in adidas innovation team and within puma's motorsport um teams and i suppose you're looking at really fine margins of sports performance in those particular roles we were i would have been focusing quite a lot on football footwear in in adidas and running footwear um and then looking at uh, obviously the apparel for formula one and and with with apparel ranges um in uh, in puma and i suppose look it was kind of just starting at the time people were researching mm. in the background sustainability concepts and it was something that caught my attention while I was there and I, I you know I, I felt like people were onto something good for the future now I think there's a lot you know it's a there's a lot more to go in terms of bigger businesses. They have a, you know, they're huge ships that need to turn. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's something that kind of just got draw my drew my attention. But I would say from a, my own background with my father and making Hurleys, really felt like it always that sustainable um, nature in my in in in, in my right. bones, for want of a better word. Um, okay. Because Hurleys are from a raw material, they come from the forest. You go and cut them down, and then they go back into the ground when they're finished or end of life. You know, I I always felt that was a great product story from start to finish. So the the name Torpy is synonymous now with Hurleys, and it's almost <coughs> synonymous as well with with you making a, a positive impact in the world of of sports and environment, mm. and and beyond even because you you know you're you're known to be innovative especially in terms of your bamboo Mm. hurley production so uh can you just tell us a little bit about the process of of making bamboo hurleys in in terms of it differing from um traditional methods using using ash yeah so i suppose yeah we launched our bamboo hurley in in uh 7th of july 2020 um and uh that's three years ago over three years ago now and yeah, the response has been just amazing. Um, many players are using it all over Ireland and across the globe now. Um, in in wherever hurling is played, there's generally a, at least one bamboo hurley on a team, if not far more than one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that's really positive, I suppose. In terms of just what how the hurley differs in terms of production and manufacturing, uh, there's a lot more engineering focus on the bamboo hurley. Um, we we put a lot of thought into where the material needs to be placed on the hurley to offer the optimised performances in terms of distances for striking the ball, uh, you know, to feel and touch the ball and, and mm-hmm. also making sure to, cons- so for me, the biggest advantage of using a bamboo hurley is not the distance or not um, maybe, well, obviously the touch, but 
it's it's more or less the consistency. So uh, with with most players, the fear is if I break my favourite Ash Hurley, right. you know, there's a post mortem going to take place. There's a funeral on for this Hurley because I know I mightn't get the same one again yeah. for the next couple of months. So, um, yeah, with the bamboo, it's very much uh, you know we can engineer it that the customer knows if they're looking for a second Hurley halfway through the game, that one is pretty much identical to the one they've just after bro- breaking, which. It's not very often that they break. I'll be honest; uh, they do break. Uh, we've, people, some people have been shocked that that bamboo can break, but you have to engineer for safety as well, and, and we've done that. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know that would be kind of the major, I suppose, differences in terms of, and then in terms of production, a lot of it is computer engineered. We we do mm. a lot of computer engineering uh, around it in terms of how we manufacture and, and using advanced machining technology. So do you use CAD? Oh, we um, use a lot. Of, yeah, we use a lot of CAD. So so. <coughs> when when did you start using CAD? Just to see how the technology has changed in terms well, of making <coughs> Probably, or, you know, anywhere from 2018 onwards okay. in our business. But, like, um, not that wouldn't have been outwardly publicised, I suppose, or, or wouldn't have been known until right. until the launch of Bamboo. Um, and, uh, look, I have experience in that my area myself, I, I, mm. I you know. Um, so, yeah, we, we'd be aware of these things. You know, a lot of these manufacturing technologies and techniques take investment, take money, take time to build into the business. You might be aware of a piece of technology, but unfortunately the business can't afford that at the moment or whatever. So that's just something that I think every business has to consider when, you know, there isn't, it's not always about the up-to-date technology either. There are some plenty of good workarounds in these Mm. things and to be open to to not just be put off by by not having the availability of something is is what I, I, what we found, you know, going along. But, in 2018, I, I was able to make bamboo hurleys by hand, okay. um, but I felt that uh, I found that, that you know I wouldn't make, I might make one in every twenty of a of a really high standard, but right. uh, you know and no, this helps no, you with consistency. <clears throat> yeah, you need you need you need modern technology and consistency to ensure the bamboo hurley lasts right. the expectations, because the uniqueness of an ash hurley is that it can bend over somebody's head. Uh, mm. If needed, it can mm. wrap around a leg if needed and still not break. That's like, that's a wonder of nature. That material, mm. ash, is a, is, a, is a wonder of nature. Mm. And to replicate it, and which is what we've had to try and do because of nature and yeah. ash dieback disease mm. and environmental and climate change, I would mm. say, um, and, and movement of the of people around the world because right. with these new diseases, we've had to try and replicate ash. Yeah. And that's what makes me very proud is that I suppose I never thought there would be actually an alternative, you know, as similar as what we've got. Right. And actually adding on some more performance benefits to Ash, you know, so that's yeah. what I'm really delighted. Yeah, you know? I mean, there is a whole sentimental <coughs> thing about the Ash mm. and, and you know, people making the, the Hurleys by hand, etc. Yeah. But y- you you have moved with the times, you, you've used technology to help you, but the... The end result, the outcome is this consistency on the field, isn't it? Because if, you know, if a bamboo early does break, mm. then they go and they get their second one and the performance doesn't change because this consistency in their, in that. Yeah, like the clash of the ash, like it's mm. synonymous with Ireland. Everybody in Ireland knows that term, you know, so yeah. um, that's really, really, really important. I, I suppose what I find really interesting about the, bamboo and what we've tried to do is uh, create it so that it reduces the volume of product actually in the marketplace so that's right. a weird one for a business person to probably say yeah. right but we have to start thinking about volume in, mm. in, in business 
right? We are creating, we need to create better products to reduce overall volume in, yeah. in, in industries. That's my opinion and, mm. and one that I, I try and do it on a daily basis. And um, what we find for every um, three ash hurleys that, you know, break, we've surveyed our customers a lot since we launched Bamboo. Right. For every three ash hurleys that break, one Bamboo hurley breaks, right? Okay. So uh, that's how much, you know, in general, that's how, how much people are getting from a Bamboo hurley. So I'm, I'm really proud of that as well. Mm. And not only that, then any one of them that are there is not going, it, you know, it can go to landfill, but it will biodegrade. Yeah. Whereas, you know, a lot of people in the past when I was been when I was first looking at an alternative to ash. Mm. A lot of people were suggesting polymer-based materials, right. uh, synthetic materials, and mm. they have been all of the rage for 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 years. Mm. Um, we're probably paying the price a little bit for that now. Yep. Um, and the next generation will, you know. Um, so I wanted to rail against that a little bit. And two small daughters, uh, one is four and a half and one is two, nearly two. Yeah. So, you know, you want to, uh, even in our own small way, you, you want to do something that's going to at least showcase to them what can be done. Yeah. And ho- hopefully, you know, Hurley, Hurley's compared to other industries isn't a big industry. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just a showcase that if we do want to think in more sustainable ways, we can and it's and not ha- have legacy. a bad business model. Yeah, you know? a wonderful legacy for mm. your daughters. Mm. Um, so then uh, using bamboo as that primary material, uh, talk about the, I mean, you, you, you've alluded to that just now about the sustainability and environmental mm. conservation impact. Uh, but... Um, can you just talk a little bit more about that in terms of, I mean, are you growing the bamboo here? Does it, you know, what what about transport? Yeah, so, I, yeah, look, I can I can talk more on that, on that definitely. Um, so it, it is really important to us where the bamboo comes from and, mm. and how it's sourced. So we work with some of the most reputable um, bamboo sourcing um, companies in, in the world. Um, uh, majority of the bamboo comes from uh, Asia and uh, mainly China. Right. Um, but uh, I suppose what we found is that because bamboo grows at five metres per year and can be harvested after five years, mm. in comparison to an ash tree, which grows for 35 years, you cut it down, it's a deciduous tree, it's taking in a lot of uh, carbon from the atmosphere. Right. Uh, you only then, as a hurley maker, you use the bottom 20%, you only use the root of the tree. Okay. Um, what we find with the bamboo, we can use all of the, gr- it's a grass, it's not a, it's not yeah. a tree, uh, yeah. it's a grass, and we find we can use all of the grass uh, or the plant. Um, and basically, what, what we've, what our studies, we've, we've done an independent study yeah. through the local enterprise office, that um for with with green for for micro yeah um we we've done an independent study there and what we sh- what we found is and it's kind of good information for us uh, and something we always knew we were we were ahead of but we want to really confirm it um where if if a, a hurley uh, so a bamboo hurley has a lower carbon footprint than any imported ash hurley right now if your ash tree grows beside your house it probably has a really high you know it's it's is actually quite sustainable to yeah. do that but unfortunately the game of hurling can't rely on trees no. just beside their houses all the yeah. time um 90 percent of the ash that comes into hurleys for hurling is imported right so our bamboo hurley has a much lower carbon footprint than 90 percent of the ash that okay. is currently being used in the sport of hurling so there's 300 000 hurleys used in 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 hurling every year 
we've supplied probably around 25,000 bamboo hurleys this year to the marketplace. Um, right. You know, it's grown quite a lot. So, you know, these things are all, I think, building quite nicely in the, in the right direction for people are seeing the positive impact that we're trying to create and want to be a part of that as well, you know, in the community of, we have a great community of customers, you know. So despite the fact that you're importing from so far away, you, you, you're you still offsetting the yeah, like footprint, be, really? Because so much of it grows in in that part of the world and it grows so quickly mm. and the carbon sequestration levels of bamboo are really high. They're actually as high, even though it's a grass, they're as mm. high as a des- deciduous tree. Right. So it's taking in an awful lot of carbon from the atmosphere. Okay. So we've studied all of that a lot of independent reports, a lot of, uh, and we have a lot of reports from our partners as well. Um, so we're really, I would say, more than confident in, in what, and I, that for me is important to be honest with people and to showcase, you know, the company that we are doing the right things and not just say it, because a lot of companies right. say it yeah. and they, ne- they don't actually show it to their customers. Mm. Um, what I'm trying to do, because I think people are fatigued by, the green marketing angles of a lot yeah, of greenwashing uh, and, and, yeah. and, and and of a lot of uh, a lot of brands yeah. you know and did the did the idea the seed of the idea for this did this come when you were in university in the UK no or n- not really no I, I like I didn't even think Ash I, I, right. I didn't like I was happy enough at Ash to be yeah. honest about it so as a family we, we were we were flying it and we are flying it um, but I suppose it gave us something different to think about something I never envisaged having to tackle uh, mm. in from when I was in university um, but the 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 I suppose the, the real part of the start of the the bamboo story does go back to 2008 when I um, when I when I when I moved away, um, and basically um, when I went to Loughborough, um, uh, it made me think about products in a different way, and uh, and and then brought that back. I was able to because the challenge of Ash Dieback was quite hard. I was able to then use my engineering knowledge to to help that. Uh, my father was actually the first person to uh, suggest to look at bamboo to me. Oh, um, right. He was looking on the internet and he saw them holding up scaffolds in of big skyscrapers in, in China with wow. bamboo. And he was like, Sean, there must be something like we, we can do with that material. Have a, can, can you get some of that? Can you have a look at that? And so that was kind of the, the little burst and seed. And that's where my my father, I think, is, is, a, is real. He's such an important part of our business, mm. uh, not just, you know, in the past, but also now uh, just a really great, legacy of innovation in right. terms of mindset my yeah. father isn't a, a spring chicken but mm. he he never stops thinking of new ideas and That's you know fantastic. we have a we have a i suppose a theory or thing in, in everybody's heads that you must be young to think of new ideas mm-hmm. but he's definitely not the case and uh, you know it's it's great he challenges me every day on that um but uh yeah he came he came to me first with bamboo and then it was up to me then to try and uh, deliver it out there and do something with it, you know. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so that's probably a good point to go into our first piece of music, which is your choice. Yeah. Uh, t- uh, you have a lovely story behind this. So mm. will you tell us a little bit about the story <coughs> behind your, yes. your first choice so of music? So I picked this song because it's um, it, it's it was a part of RT's montage of the season of, uh, of hurling in 2013 that showcased uh, Claire winning their All-Ireland and Podge Collins and uh, Tony Kelly, Conor McGrath, um, just Cullum Galvin, some of these fantastic players. And I suppose what it reminds me of, and I never, I suppose, it was, I knew I always wanted to work in Hurleys after that All-Ireland because it was my first All-Ireland where I would made a lot of Hurleys myself for the players and 
money doesn't pay you for the satisfaction mm. that it sees knowing players as friends and then seeing them do you know go and achieve their potential and also like the likes of Tony Kelly or Podge Collins like Podge Collins scored a, a point from under the Cusick stand that I, I don't know I never thought was possible with a Hurley um, and you know the freedom of expression that team and those players showed that day Conor Ryan as well Colin Ryan John Conlon you know really close I would consider them close friends and uh, yeah so you know that it reminds me of that all the time every time I hear that this song so right. yeah I hope you enjoy it okay so do you want to introduce it there so it's an outro from M83 brilliant So that was outro by MA3. MA3. Thank mm, you. Mm. That's a great piece. And if anybody can remember back to that montage mm. from, from RT. You find it on YouTube. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> okay, so we were having a great old chat with uh, our, our engineer here, Owen O'Hagan, about uh, the, 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 the drop off at a certain age mm. of, of uh, teenagers, really, in sports mm. by the time they get to their late teens. Yeah. Uh, and you know the the challenge there is to keep them involved in that. Mm. Yeah. Um, have you have you seen any of that lately? Or, or? Um, yeah, well, look, I, I would have been coaching myself over the years. Quite, you know, a lot of it, um, academy teams and Clare and stuff like that. And um, I, I would have found that, yeah, they're, they're, you know, at definitely at the ages from fifteen onwards are the danger years for for players to drop off or lose mm-hmm. a bit of interest but especially even in in you know camogie is quite a and and uh, female sports is quite a you know that's known to that that's when you know there is a, a bit of a drop off after that mm-hmm. period of time um what i would say with, with what we found with our bamboo hurley is that you know we find more camogie players are like the uptake for camogie for the bamboo hurley has been just amazing right well um, i'm going to interrupt you there because i have <laughs> right beside me here my daughter's uh, Hurley, which is a bamboo Hurley, and yeah, I think it's her quite, second one in. Yes, yeah, quite few, well used now. I have she to say. was a, a an early adopter, yeah. I would call her. Okay. She absolutely when we when we saw that there was the bamboo Hurleys and it was you that was doing them, she went yes, I want one of those. Yeah. I asked her this morning. Uh, you know, are there many people using bamboo Hurleys down in Whitegate? And she said just about everyone. Mom. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so she's a definite fan and. Yeah. A, a lot of the, you know, a yes. lot of the girls are using the bamboo. So, like, the likes of Saoirse McCarthy, who mm. plays for Cork, Hannah Looney, um, Roisin Black, to play, plays for, for Galway. A lot of the oh. idols in Camogie that Camogie players look up to are using a bamboo hurley now. Ashing Maher in Dublin. Um, quite influential players. And, you know, what we love about it is as well is that, I suppose in the past with Ash, um, due to the material supply demands, uh you know, Ash has always been the best of the Ash has been kept in the majority of cases. I definitely know in our case, and I'm, we're not the only one mm. that, you know, if you're at a, a high end of the game or, or you're an inter-county player, you're going to get, if you're John Conlon, you're going to get the best Ash that right. Torpies have, right? Yeah. But the great thing now is that John Conlon is actually using our bamboo hurley, right? So, okay. that, and he made that decision himself for a few reasons. We can go into that later. But he basically, he, he cho- okay. he's choosing the bamboo hurley now uh, and it means that, you know, if somebody else wants John Conlon's hurley, 
well, yeah, it's there. He's using the same hurley as what your daughter is actually using now. And it gives everybody the best chance. It's a really high performing product for everybody. So there's no discrimination. Right. And we have an awful lot of new people into Ireland in the last, uh, you know, 10 years. And that's where we think hurling is going to need to start growing in the, in all communities and bring communities together an awful lot more as well. And because we, you know, with the bamboo hurley, we're going to hopefully see more people retained in the sport uh, both camogie and hurling uh, in the next you know, 20 years, I would say. Because if you don't have a really good product in your hand at 13 or something that a product that, you know, is either cool, trendy or at least that you have respect for. Well, then, you know, you, the likelihood of you you know, having respect for the sport and staying with the sport, you know, it's quite can be quite low sometimes, you mm, know. Yeah. You need a very strong, I would say, family background interest in the sport. Whereas if the tool that you have is enhancing your game and making you feel good about playing better, right. then you're going if you fit if you play better and feel good, you're gonna continue that social sport, no matter if that's dancing, no matter what that is, if that's yeah. you know, any other sport. So I, I feel like that we are contributing and going to contribute more to the participation of uh, rate of players in Ireland, especially in camogie in the next mm. 10 to 15 years is what I would say. Yeah, and you mentioned there that camogie is the fastest growing sport in Ireland. Yeah, I'm, like, I, I'm not sure if it is anymore, but it definitely two, two years ago, I think it was. Um, probably maybe the only rival I can see at the moment is uh, uh, is women's football. Um, right. But like female sport is, is massively growing acro- yeah. across Ireland. And it's great because... You know, for 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 long enough, that wasn't the case. And mm. you know, I have five sisters. I've two small daughters, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, we should be growing. Uh, you know, everybody in uh, in Ireland to be healthier, to be more social, to be involved in clubs. It's yeah. not all about winning. It's it's about actually participation, uh, having friends, and and you know, making sure that we you know we 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 bring communities together. And I think the more we can do that with you know with future of the GAs integration, mm. you know, uh, is going to come in the next hopefully in the next you know number of years. Um, and that's going to be all all good. I think you know. Uh, I mentioned uh, about my daughter being slightly obsessed with her Torpy Hurley. Mm. So what has been the response from the local community a- and beyond to the to the bamboo Hurleys in general? Uh, look, I suppose if anybody in Clare really has been introduced to it at this stage mm. and we what we find is a lot of players at the start came to us looking for our Ash Hurleys. Um, one of the things when we had at our factory store was... Uh, we had a demo hurlies of bamboo outside and have we have a net and you can hit the ball and mm. we found that players were coming looking for ash then trialing their bamboo hurley or our demo ones and going going away with bamboo right. uh, after that and that because they were in the local you know driving vicinity to us then they're able to they were able to call to us quite more often and and see it even more get used to it over time and i would say the majority of hurlies that were using the clare senior hurling championship this year were were, were bamboo, bamboo and and right. the clare senior camogie championship you okay. know and uh, i would say a, a large proportion of them were i wouldn't have figures but yeah. i would say based on photographs that i i right. see um i would say a large proportion and um you haven't dropped ash though altogether you're still doing no no and there will always be players who want to use ash yeah. you know and that's uh, and but our focus is more on sourcing the best quality ash and so right. if we you know if, if we have to limit our supply of ash to customers it'll be for those reasons only um because ash dieback is affecting the material and the product um you know we find that you know that more and more material is getting especially in ireland is getting infected with ash dieback okay. disease in the forests right so you, you know, you have to, at the end of the day, our, our customers are our neighbours. We're, mm. we're an East Clare company. 
most people in that arrive into my shop, uh, I actually know them by name, you yeah. know. So I, I can't be offering a substandard product to my neighbours. Um, yeah. That's just not going to happen, right? Okay. And so we'd rather you know, either give the option of high quality ash or, you know, high quality bamboo. At least with bamboo, we know there's no differences in the in the material kind of construction, in the material variability. Mm. In in ash, we you know it might be a lower stock level that we have in time, but it's it's still really really high quality. And we you know okay. we have an awful lot of intercounty players who still use our ash hurlies. Yeah. So you know, um, but like a lot, you know, there was probably seven of the Clare senior hurling team last year that used our bamboo hurling right. in in the All Ireland semi final against Kilkenny, against Kilkenny. So that's really positive. Some Limerick players, obviously, as well, have been using them over over the last number of years. You know, to win their All Ireland. So that's that. You know, at the end of the day. The, the, the bamboo hurley, it, while it's great that it's out in the masses, it also needs to be used and, and has been used. It's great to see it been used on some of the biggest days and in, in about a hurling year. And what the Clonlara Monster yeah, Final? Yeah, so Monster Final is on now tomorrow um, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a big one against Ballygunner for, for Clonlara. But majority of the Clonlara team, I would say, are, are either have an ash hurley or a bamboo hurley from Torpy. So right. that's really great. <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're from... You know, my own club is O'Callaghan's Mills wouldn't always right. see eye to eye with Lara mm. when we're on the field or whatever but um, you know it's from a business perspective and from our family business we have a lot of great friends in Clonlara and lot, we know all the players that come into us and we try and be as independent as we can right. uh, with all clubs uh, yeah. you, know, we, you know we might treat the Mills a little bit better but <laughs> <laughs> just had to get that one in <laughs> give them the, the, the best ash you have <laughs> yeah, yeah great yeah um, so actually, you mentioned about uh, uh, the, the hurling becoming more integrated. You know, we have mm. uh, people coming in to Ireland and they're picking up their hurleys. Mm. And and I I know on and now I'm going to get the name wrong, but I don't know if you're you've seen this ambassador for hurling, uh, Abdullah. Al- Oh yeah, Jamali, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And he absolutely, he's all over the the place. Mm. In he goes to Dubai, and he's mm. been to. I've seen him playing in Morocco, mm. uh, and he brings his hurley everywhere. He was walking down the streets of Istanbul, I think, recently, and somebody stopped him and said, "What's that you have?" And he has the whole street playing. Yeah, uh, and he's such an ambassador for hurling. Yeah, look, I, I think it's great, uh, and more more of him need to be unearthed and mm. and found from. I think. A GA perspective. Um, for me, hurling is the greatest sport in the world, and and whoever plays it, I want to see them playing it, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, we probably have a, we're a bit guilty in Ireland of holding it to ourselves a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we want to, you know, you know, ensure it is. A, I would say, if you if you visit Ireland, there should be two things that you've tried by the time you go home. One is, is maybe drink a pint of Guinness. Uh, uh, and second yeah. is definitely go to a hurling match. They're the two. If you haven't ex- if you haven't experienced something to do with hurling, I don't believe you've got the essence of Irish people. Yeah. Um. And uh. And and so to see the likes of um that been brought around to different countries around the world, I think in in twenty or thirty years time, you know, could there be more internationalization of the of the of hurling? Um. Mm. I think there's an awful lot of sports that are suffering from lack of spontaneity now. Uh, mm-hmm. Mainstream sports. I'm thinking, you know, soccer is is kind of you know it's all getting very predictable you know um Mm. to me there's a gap there for the ga to look at for the next 50 years where people want to be reconnected with sport and money in the ga isn't everything and i think it should always stay that way Mm -hmm. um money seems to have taken over other sports Mm -hmm. and maybe you know in 50 years time hurling can be played in the coca cabana 
right. in in Brazil, yeah. right? And you know what? And there might be an all, it might be an All Ireland final on in Dublin. And what if like one million people tuned in in Brazil yeah. and paid the TV rights to watch Amazing. that? That's what's happening in other sports. And mm-hmm. if we think a little bit more outwardly and and bigger, maybe maybe in fifty years' time, who knows what that might look like for for Ireland as a source of income as a source mm. of revenue i definitely know if i look at cricket uh, from my own experience being in england cricket rugby uh, association football it brings an awful lot of uh, revenue back into the uk yeah. because mm. them sports were founded there yeah. um and i think even though they're played all over the world now there is something to be thought about from a, a ga perspective maybe well know? we We've we've lost a few uh, Whitegate lads uh, to Australia yeah. recently, and I know they brought their hurleys out. Yeah. And and there are, you know, there's there's the mills too, by the way. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> the mills too have the lost mills a few. Too, yeah, a lot of East Clare yeah. people yeah. have gone over. Yeah. Hopefully, they're listening to this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and then you know, it it hopefully they'll they'll set up the clubs. I know there are clubs mm. out there. Yeah, there's uh, an awful lot of strong yeah. um, GA uh, clubs. Go, uh, like GA is growing and hurling is growing in Australia at a a, a, a big rate. Same with Canada. Um, so yeah, like we see, like now you can just if you're abroad. You know, if you went abroad in the 1980s and you tried to show somebody what hurling looked like, you were kind of, you could have been classified as crazy to other yeah, people, right? Yeah. Now you can take out your mobile phone, show them a YouTube video, yeah. and it's not as show them hard how big to, it is. you know, yeah. for actually, and, and what, what the game needs in these localities, from my experience, because I've lived in Germany, set up a hurling team in Nuremberg, um, is they need local people to be uh, into it as yeah. you know maybe not as much as us but uh, you know yeah. a, a very strong exactly. way to keep it going uh, to keep it going mm. after cuz Irish people will come and go right. uh, in yeah. these locations exactly. you know that's what I, f- I feel so uh we bought our bamboo hurleys online mm. um can anybody rock up to your factory and and have a look and and buy one there directly or where can we get Yeah, there? so yeah, anybody can come to our store at Belvire, uh, mm. just outside uh, Six Mile Bridge or halfway between Six Mile Bridge and Broadford. Okay. Um, and uh, we have a brand store there that everybody will get the, the best choice in a hurley. Online is where we are, do, you know, sell an awful lot of hurleys mm-hmm. as well, um, torpy.ie. Um, and basically with the bamboo, it's really great because the grain structure doesn't change. Like it's not subjective like an ash mm-hmm. hurley. We advise if you want... And if you're really into your ash hurleys, that you visit our store, because okay. you might have a different opinion than us to mm-hmm. what a good hurley is, and that can right. be subjective. Yeah. But with a bamboo hurley, many players now around the country, uh, I- including intercounty players, they don't travel to Torquay right. anymore. They they um they order online. And, and they know what uh, they're going to get. Yeah, because they've got like if they have light, medium, or heavy, which are the three categories we offer okay. in bamboo at the yeah. moment. They know which one they want, and there's a security that if I order that, that's what I'm going to get. Right. Whereas sometimes with ash, I could order what I think I want, and what I get might be through nobody's really yeah. real fault, just through differences of opinion. Yeah. Uh, this is what I'm getting, and okay. and and all of a sudden I'm not happy. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's the real advantage of bamboo is because it's online and because it doesn't change. It, it just opens up a huge more marketplace for us, you know. Okay. So, do you have anything new coming down the tracks? 
Um, I suppose we are looking at, at advancing different styles of bamboo is something we have penciled in for 2024. Right. So maybe in, introducing one more style of, of in terms of shape and design. Okay. Uh, Claire players love our Torpy style and that's great. Right. We want that yeah. to, to stay that way. But there is communities around and clubs around Ireland that you know would prefer maybe a different shape because that's just right. what they're used, used to, to from their yeah. heritage. Um, so we're looking at that. We're doing some performance testing on some, some different styles styles in, in-house we, we try and so we have engineers now in-house we've some sports technologists as well um, and and basically we're trying to look at, you know at the, how the hurley behaves in in whether it's hitting the ball or our or clashes or longevity we're trying right. to look at all of them before we give it to the customer so that you know everybody gets a great experience from day one the one thing you never need and that's why you know, it, it, we, it took us eight years to bring a, a bamboo hurley to market. Is if if we launched it and bamboo hurley started breaking in the first week all over the fields of Ireland, mm. nobody would buy it yeah. anymore. So yeah, yeah. Um, we had to be very sure and engineer everything as as correctly. Take a little bit longer. We're not about speed in our business. We're about getting it right, offering the best service to the customer after that, right. uh, both for the environment and for their performance. Okay, you know? and that's Brilliant. what we try to do. That's nice. So we'll wrap it up, okay. I think, yeah. uh, with a question that I ask everybody yeah. that I interview. Okay. So if you had to sum up the essence of, <coughs> of your business, what would that be? Um, the essence of our business would be our, our a tagline that we have within the company is called Lead, lead Never Follow. Mm, so we try and always be authentic in any idea it hasn't if we come up with an idea it has to be something about it has never to be done in the in the GA or hurling before right and that's like we launched a bamboo subscription service okay. for instance in the summertime no one has ever done that before okay. right so we're all about new ideas and not, re, not reinventing the wheel by any means but mm. is there an angle to a particular part or performance aspect that can be tweaked that no one has ever thought about before and that's what we try and do. So lead never follow. I get that from my father as well. He always can't like he, he was thinking of new Hurley designs as far back as 1992. So, mm. you know, it's kind of in our genes, uh, right. that, that type of attitude that we're not going to do the same as everybody else. We've a, we've a stronger sense of independence than that. Fantastic. And that's what I'd like to think Brilliant. anyone in our in our in our businesses is, is, is about. So, so speaking of your dad, mm. that's a good segue into mm. our final piece of music. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I know this means a lot to you too. Do you yeah. want to just introduce your final? Yeah, piece? Yeah, I suppose I, I uh, chose uh, Raglan Road by by Luke Kelly. My, my father, um, over the years, has not only a great hurley maker but also a great singer. He has his own CDs out in in East Clare in the East Clare world, and you know. Uh, Really, I suppose, loves anything to do with being creative and and expression. And uh, he, I've often heard him sing Raglan Road, whether it be in the tractor, driving it around a farm when I was young, or whether it be hurley making. Um, over the years, he'd you know he'd be singing it to himself, or and then if he was out and about, and somebody asked him to sing it in the in the pub for a, a Friday night inside in Gallagher's in Kilkishan, yeah. he'd happily stand up and sing it as well. So you know, just uh, yeah, it's something I'm I'm lucky to to have ha- have a father like him uh, who you know is really outgoing, and uh, I, I would say the business it's it's. Uh, it's the business is is a reflection of my father. That's, that's what fantastic. I would say it is at the moment, yeah. and that's what I want it to be going into the future. Fabulous, lovely notes to finish on. Thank you, Sean. Okay. Thank, Thank you very you. much, Fiona. Thank you. On Raglan Road, 
of an autumn day I saw her first and knew that her dark hair would weave a snare 